Yo, what's good people? It's your boy TSK and welcome to the Hashtag Rooted and Established podcast where we are having conversations with people who are pursuing their goals, leaving behind memorable legacies. I hope that after listening you're inspired, encouraged and motivated to keep making the most out of what you have. Let's get it! Cause if you look inside your heart, you'll find that you're made of love and you see That's why you're so special Just be content All right, so um, let's get straight into it. So I'm here with my mum. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself, for people that don't know you. Okay, so my name's Grace Kinobi. Yep. Tender's mum. And I've got um, three other girls, Siamese, Sulu, and Miranda. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... And I'm married to one husband. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so cool. Do you want to tell um, people a bit about yourself? Like, so how long have you been in this country do you work etc yeah, so i've been here since um 1991 mm-hmm. and i'm currently working as a pharmacist yeah and so how old are you when you came to i was about 17 okay 16 17 yeah so did you come to i imagine you went to school here as well yes i did my a-levels here i came and went straight into a-levels i went mm-hmm. to um Asuline convent high school did my a-levels wait where's that in Wimbledon. In Wimbledon? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so what did you study there? I studied chemistry, mathematics, and geography. Okay. Yeah. And then you went on to uni to do... I wanted to do pharmacy, but I didn't get the grades to do pharmacy, so I went on to do pharmaceutical chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I got married in my second year of uni by the time <laughs> I finished. <laughs> Wait, would, would you let Sanyu or Sylvie do that now? Or myself? Sorry? <laughs> what, would you, what would you say if I, if I got married in my second year of uni? It depends. It depends, I guess, if you met the right person. I think, it, to be honest, it depends on the situation and the individuals involved. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't say right now. I think, right now, of course, I think you guys are quite young, <laughs> which is a bit funny, but... Um, yeah, it depends on the situation. Yeah. And the people, the two people involved. Mm-hmm. If I felt that they were ready for it and they were serious, then yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so I got married in my second year. Mm-hmm. By the time I graduated, I was pregnant with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was 97. 97. Yeah. 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 Uh, would it, would it have, no, I graduated in... Um, yeah, it could be 97, actually, because mm-hmm. you were born in October. Yeah, July yeah. 97, I graduated, mm-hmm. and I was pregnant, mm-hmm. and then I had you in October, 1st October. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, mm. so pharmacy, you did that at King's College? Yes. So, when I finished pharmaceutical chemistry, I had you, and um, then I had Sanyu, and while I was looking after you guys, I was... Um, I decided I needed to get, like, a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Um and I chose to work in a pharmacy near our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, as I was working, I realized that I wanted to do what the pharmacist was doing. I remembered my dream, mm-hmm. which was to become a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was working as a pharmacy assistant. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Um, I need to go back and do this. But I, I thought it, was, it would be a great challenge for me because I had two children. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were in church, and mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, I was at uh, we were in church Liberty Christian Fellowship, mm-hmm. and Pastor Lincoln that Sunday told us to pray and just ask God for one thing, one particular thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember 
yeah. went at that time actually I'd applied to King's College. Mm-hmm. King's College had um, rejected me. This King's Co- King's College London. Yeah, King's yeah. College London. And so when I said that prayer, mm-hmm. I was like, I really wanted to become a pharmacist, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to go about it. So mm-hmm. interestingly enough, after that prayer, one of a friend, one of um, one of our friends, our close friends, mm-hmm. who's a pharmacist now as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Um, tells me that she's. Um, at King's College, and she's just finishing. Mm-hmm. I think she was just about to finish her course. Yeah. And she actually had two children at the time she did her course. Yeah. And I was like, wow, so you can actually do this course while, you, while you've while you got children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she also told me, you know what, Grace, reapply. Reapply to that college. Mm-hmm. I think they just need to confirm that you're really keen and you really want to do this course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I reapplied mm-hmm. and I got in mm-hmm. by the grace of God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one prayer that I said on that Sunday yeah. was answered. So yeah, yeah. Um, the journey with my pharmacy course was interesting because so when, when, when we decided that we'd got the course, I mean, when we got the course, we decided, you know what, we are going to um, focus on looking after these two children that God has blessed us with mm-hmm. and then um, when we finish the course we'll have two more children because okay. our, our dream as a couple yeah. was to have four children in total Yeah. so um, I started the course and like in my first year I realized that I was actually pregnant <laughs> <laughs> with a third baby <laughs> which was interesting that is how not to do uni. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. Three kids. I oh know, so days. I... Um, Before your final year. <laughs> that, that was in my first year, not even before. But yeah, that was in my first year. Oh my days. <laughs> so, I, but by the grace of God, I had Suvi on the 10th of August, which was my birthday as well. Yeah. But um, uni normally starts in October, so I had... I looked. I was able to look after my baby at home mm-hmm. um, for the Oct- August, September till October, mm-hmm. and we started uni quite late. So mm-hmm. I went back to uni. Of course, child I had child hair I- issues, but mm-hmm. got a lot of support from relatives and friends, mm-hmm. and eventually we got Auntie Jen to come and stay with us, which was really really helpful. Yeah, the journey of uh, being a parent and studying with. Um, doing a full-time course to full-time pharmacy course was really hard. And mm. um, I remember having to stand on the word of God all the time, mm. having to rely on getting strength from what God was saying about me rather mm. than what my situation or what my circumstances were. I stood on the word of God, trusting and believing that God would see me through. And by the grace of God, he saw me through mm. and got through a four-year course and then i had a pre-registration course to do mm-hmm. um wait so what when mm. you when you said like mm. you were standing on like what was god saying what mm. god was saying about like what what were the sort of things um like um you can do all things through christ who strengthens you yeah you are more than a conqueror and yeah. i had to find out what a conqueror is a conqueror yeah. is someone who wins many battles yeah so literally i used to keep telling myself i'm more than a conqueror i win yeah. many battles i yeah. w- and i'm more than a conqueror if, if a conqueror wins many battles i win yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> i'm yeah, more yeah. than a conqueror yeah. so i had to stand on the word of god i had to stand on the word 
that says that he who began this good work in me shall mm -hmm. see it to completion. Mm -hmm. That um, praise God um, who causes, I used to put my name into this verse. I used to say, praise God who causes grace nano zisero Kenya chimuli to triumph Come in on. Christ Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I used to, I just literally stood in the word. Mm. And that took me through. And of course, I, I, I also got other people involved. I got people to pray for me. I got church church um, church members, mm -hmm. relatives and friends. Yeah. They all knew about my pharmacy course. They knew mm -hmm. about the project I was doing. Yeah. I got them involved. They were praying for me mm -hmm. and encouraging me and supporting me, which was really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I must say, the uni I went to was also quite supportive at the time. Um, I, I had uh, my tutor was was really supportive so yeah. that was really good but yeah it was mostly the support the the, the encouragement yeah. of the word of God that took me through and of course my husband my husband was extremely supportive yeah he used to drive me to school every day mm -hmm. and you know encouraged me he used to sometimes help me with my work mm -hmm. interestingly when I was doing my pre-registration no, prior to my pre-registration, we had a course. One of the courses we had to do was pharmacy law. Yeah. And there was this booklet that we had to literally cram to be able to pass the pharmacy law exam. Yeah. So in my second year, I failed the pharmacy law exam and had to, re had to do receipts. I think at the time we used to do the receipts in, I don't know, when, maybe July. I don't remember when we used to do the receipts. But what Paul did for me, he recorded himself reading the whole pharmacy law book. Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> that, I remember. Obviously, I was quite young, but like, I yes, remember. Yes, yes. So, that, like, yeah. like, he would play, he recorded himself reading the pharmacy law book, and then we would play it every time we were in the car. Yeah. Or any time I was next to um, a, an audio cassette, we would play it. And yeah. that's how I ended up cramming everything in the pharmacy law book yeah. and that's how I ended up passing it. But yeah. I just want to thank God for the support and the encouragement of my husband, my mm. family and friends, my parents, my relatives, my friends and yeah. church family, of course. Yeah. So that's how we go through that one. <laughs> okay. So that that's a, I feel like we could just do an episode just on, yeah. that, <laughs> on that journey. So, okay. So you finish your pharmacy. Yes. Um, you graduate. Yeah. So now you're working as a pharmacist. Yes, I am working um, as a pharmacist. Yeah. And how long have you been working as a pharmacist now? Oh, since 2005. That mm -hmm. would be 15 years now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So 15 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously there's four of us now as children. Yes. Um, but it was just me, Sanya, and Subi, the three of us yes. until 2012. Yes. And then Mirembe. So, so we went, because we had three children, like, almost you know in fact i had three children under three when we had suvi yeah it was a little bit overwhelming raising three children very close in age and studying and trying to you know you know f to achieve the goal of become a f becoming a pharmacist so when we finished i remember mm -hmm. paul and i and i remember paul and i yeah telling everyone we'll never ever have any children any more children that's it we're done this is yeah. a closed chapter yeah. if i can, never became our song that everyone knew mm -hmm. that paul and grace are not having any more children yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway i think when um suvi was about 10 or even prior to that mm -hmm. i started becoming broody and it literally took me about two years wait so i was mm. what 12 yeah, probably. 30, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. It took me about two years to convince um, Paul 
for to to to, to agree to us having another child, trying out for another child. Yeah. So we did, and unfortunately had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, what year was the miscarriage? Oh, if Miranda was born in 2012, miscarriage would have been 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a miscarriage in 2011, which was quite a devastating experience. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, you know, like I just cried through that season. I just literally cried. But I thanked God that we had what we did as a family. We just went to the park. And I remember we got um, our children, Tendo Sanyu and Subi, and of course my husband and I, and we went to a park somewhere in, in Farnborough and just had like fellowship together. I gave thanks to God for the child that he'd given us. When Just because like, obviously, mm. like, what do you mean by fellowship? Because obviously there'll be some people listening. Fellowship, oh, when I say we just had time together, we sat down yeah. and talked about what kind of feelings we had developed when we got the news that were like i remember asking you guys what you thought Mm. or what feelings had developed when you heard that i was pregnant yeah and the excitement that it had brought yeah and of course the sadness that came after knowing that i was not pregnant anymore yeah and we just thank god for both experiences and just talked it talked through those experiences and then prayed for peace and Mm. thank god for the the joy that we received when we got the news and just prayed that we may be comforted through the sadness that we were feeling at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow God brought restoration through that whole experience. Mm. And um, yeah, we, we kind of got through that. And interestingly, a few months later, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And God blessed us with baby Mirembe. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cause I, I even remember going like, because so I remember when that happened, I was 13 at the time yes and um like obviously like i knew you were pregnant and Mm. then i knew that the baby wasn't there anymore but like it was weird because i didn't maybe i don't know obviously like i was young maybe it's because i was a boy i didn't really understand like Mm. the implications i'd like the baby died like so like but i in my head like i never really was able to like understand that properly Mm. i kind of just saw it as like oh like it just happened like, yes. it, like i never really deep like i guess what it means to to go through something like that mm. it wasn't until like as i grew up and started to un- understand it a bit more i was yeah. like okay that's actually quite a difficult thing to go through because mm. i remember like sanya and she be crying mm. and obviously like it was a sad time but then i was kind of like i don't really understand like what's happening yeah i, yeah. I, I just didn't understand like what was going on mm. but um yeah, so Mirembe came along. Yes, Mirembe came along yeah. and we were really excited. And um, yeah, so when Mirembe was born, one thing I noticed about Mirembe was that her development compared to the rest of her siblings was a bit slower mm. than her siblings. Mirembe did not walk, I mean, sit at four months. She kind of started sitting at six months. She was not walking by sh- by the time she was actually sh- by the time she was one, which all her siblings did. But she was crawling everywhere. Yeah. So there were little things and pointers that I could see that there's something going on with Miremba, but I was not sure. And maybe as a parent as well, I did not want to see it anyway. Mm. So um, I was in some sort of um, at the time I wouldn't have called it denial, but mm-hmm. uh, like I would I'd say it was some sort of denial. Yeah. Um, I 
think what I found a bit frustrating about Mirembe's situation is that the doctors, the GPs, no one said anything. Wait, sorry. Mm-hmm. When when you you're in denial, as in like you wanted to deny, deny what like. Uh, well. So anyway, let me before I answer that question, let me yeah. say that um, we were, uh, like I said, Mirembe's development was a bit slow. Yeah. She was not developing as fast as you guys were. Yeah. Which was a bit unusual. Yeah. But I did not want to think of it as a problem. Oh, okay. As in, that it's just like she's just, that's I mean? just her development. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you didn't yes. want to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, um, I remember one of my friends, Carol, actually, she was quite nice. She, she, she called me, we, had a par- we were having a party at my house, mm. and Carol called me and said, you know what, um, I think you should have your daughter checked for Down syndrome. Mm. At that time, I remember it was two. Yeah. And I remember not, I did not, I did not feel that I should say that I'm not going to do it. I felt that I needed to have her checked. I don't. Re- yeah. It was an uh, interesting emotion at that time. Yeah. But I remember when she called me. I, I w- we were we were there was a party going on in my house, and I got my sister-in-law Sarah and I told her, you know what, Sarah, can we just go upstairs to my room and pray for a few minutes? And we went upstairs to my room prayed about the situation. I told her, you know what, a friend of mine has told me I should get my daughter checked for Down syndrome. Mm. And I feel that I need to do it. But can we just pray about it? Mm. So we prayed and I went, um, well, of course, party ended and stuff. And I took, a few weeks later, took Mirembe to get herself tested and it was confirmed that she had Down syndrome. Yeah. So Mirembe was not diagnosed with Down syndrome when she was born. She was actually diagnosed with down syndrome like a few months after she turned two okay which was a bit complicated for us because later on i i discovered that most people assumed that we knew that she had down syndrome that you know all sorts of stories were going around but such is life anyway yeah 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 but um so when we discovered maybe had down syndrome it was really hard for us um we decided to just be quiet about it, Paul and I, because in that silence, I had taken so much time to study more about Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. In fact, prior to getting Mirembe's d- results, I'd taken time to study more about Down syndrome. I was trying to, I got so obsessed with it. I was looking at Mirembe's nose and ears, face, her, all her fa- facial features to see if she really has down syndrome yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know i was measuring her nose and her mouth and you know <laughs> doing all sorts of things yeah, yeah. but later on i realized that i'm becoming obsessive and i just thought you know what i'm not going to read any more about down syndrome so i i put the books aside so by the time we got that diagnosis from the doctor mm-hmm. i was saturated with down syndrome information yeah but i remember the doctor giving us such a a report that was so oh devastating. It's like, oh, your daughter could end up getting, you know, all sorts of problems. And, mm. uh, you know, everything was so negative. And I remember asking the doctor at the end of that speech that she gave us, I remember asking, asking them, are there any positive stories about Down syndrome? Yeah, yeah. 
I was like, oh yeah, you could get some, um, there are some groups that you can join and there wasn't anything concrete and I feel that the medical, si the medical um, system should change that. I think as much as there are all these negative stories about Down syndrome, it doesn't mm. hurt to give someone a ray of hope. You can't just give someone a completely negative, yeah. you know, one-sided story yeah. of what the picture, the prognosis could be. So anyway, well, that's that's interesting you say that because mm. um, like even with what I've been studying in like social work, like mm. there's different ways. Well, two different ways in which you can view like disabilities. You've mm. got like the social model and the medical model. Exactly. And so like the social model, um, kind of more. Well, the medical model looks at it as like it's something you're diagnosed you with. Yeah. And you need to cure or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It's something that needs to be cured. Whereas mm. the social model mm. kind of views it as like you're disabled by society. Exactly. So like not having access to like um, wheelchair access, yes. that's, so that's a societal issue. Like yes. There should be access to that Because sort of really stuff. the disabled person can move around, can do everything they need yeah. to do, given yeah. the right support, given the right, yeah. uh, you yeah. know. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so. so anyway, so I, that, I felt that at the time that I, I was hoping, I, w I wished that the doctor, the pediatrician, could have given us a, like, at least a balanced report. Rather yeah. than a very yeah. one-sided or yeah. doom and gloom story mm -hmm. of what the future is going to look like, mm -hmm. so it was really hard for us. But um, we thought, okay, we're going to be quiet. So we we just kept quiet for about six months, and and mm. I remember thinking, okay, we need to tell Tendo, Samuel, and Suvi about this. Yeah. But how are we going to do this? Yeah. Because we are going to Uganda. The situation in Uganda is a bit different. I didn't want someone to come up to you and say, oh, you have a sister who's this, that, and the other, when we haven't spoken about it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, anyway, I guess I, I'll let you carry on and then like, yes. I can share like my own. Sure, yeah, sure. But, yeah, carry on. So, um, luckily enough, my sister, my cousin, my first cousin, mm -hmm. um, started um, a charity, a, 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 like um, a, a community, actually it's a community interest group called yeah. um, Tezra Trust. And yeah. in that group, what she was doing, the, f the first meeting, she was just get gathering parents of children with learning disabilities, and they yeah. were going to talk about the, their experiences, and also she had um, some keynote speakers who were going to signpost them to different services. Yeah. So I went, I remember preparing to go to that meeting, and I went to that meeting not as a parent, mm -hmm. but because I didn't, I didn't want to be a parent, you know what I mean, of a child with a learning disability, I guess, at the time. And yeah. I, I, th that was my phase of denial. That's how I can, that's, that's the best way to explain it. Yeah. But I went to the meeting, not as a parent of a child with a learning disability, but as someone who's gone to support my cousin mm. and to serve the people with food yeah. in the meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while I was there, I kept myself really busy. I sorted out all the food, provided all the fruit, fruits, fruits they needed. Yeah. I mean, I was at, at everyone's service, you yeah. know. Yeah. I was the waitress for the day. Mm -hmm. But um, as I was doing all of that, I was listening to the ladies' stories yeah. and the gentlemen, the parents, yeah. basically. They were mm -hmm. talking of their experiences from birth yeah. and how some of them have had to fight to be able to get the services for their children, mm. how they've prayed, how they've done all sorts of things. and. Mm -hmm. You know, generally the whole experience of having a child with, a, with learning disabilities. And it was, some, it was as if something was lifted off my heart. Yeah. You know, like that silence. Yeah. 
And for the first time, I actually spoke to my cousin. I spoke about my daughter, Mirembe, yeah. Yeah. to my cousin. Yeah. So I told her about Mirembe. And I remember my cousin telling me, Grace, you've been in denial. I've been there too. And I was so angry. I was like, how dare she <laughs> say that I've been in denial? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I was like, I was not in denial. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I know that I was in denial and I can accept that I was in denial. But prior to that, I actually felt angry and offended mm, that she mm. had said that I was in denial. Mm. So anyway, um, we went through that. And it's, it's like the more I got to know about learning disabilities, the more I wanted to know. I felt that the more I knew, the more I'd be able to support my daughter. Mm. So then I started to look at myself. Mm. my background, where I've come from mm. in terms of learning disabilities. I realized yeah. that I come from Africa. I come from Uganda. Growing up as a Ugandan child, I only ever saw one person, mm. one person with Down syndrome. In the 17 years I was in Uganda, I only ever saw one person with Down syndrome. Not because people with Down syndrome do not exist in Uganda, mm. but because they are hidden away. And because they are hidden away, um, we grow up with stigma when we don't even know that when we don't know it yeah yeah because we are not exposed we don't know how to handle people with learning disabilities we haven't met them mm. you know so i didn't even realize that i had stigma until yeah i actually was faced with a child who has learning disabilities and it's funny because mm. every time you say that, mm. you say that story to other Ugandans, they always mention the same family. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I did my little research here in England yeah. and I asked them if they knew if, if the people who grew up in Uganda at the same time as I did knew any, any people with, like, with um, Down syndrome yeah. in Uganda at the yeah. time. And literally all of them mentioned that same one person mm. that I knew. Yeah. So this particular person was maybe from a rich family. I don't know why their par their parents were comfortable for him to be yeah. seen everywhere. But, yeah. you know, this is the one person we, most of us saw. Yeah. So it was interesting that people from my background only knew that same one person, that yeah. same person. Yeah. So, yeah, so I decided to get to know more about um, learning disabilities. I started off by volunteering into a special needs school. Unfortunately, the school that I started to volunteer in was for children with profound learning needs. So when I got there, it was too much for me. You know, when you get to a school and you want to help, but instead of helping, you're spending most of the time crying. I was literally yeah, being counseled yeah. by the teacher, yeah. the teaching assistant. Yeah. And <laughs> but. It was so traumatic to start with mm. because I just kept feeling so sorry for the children mm -hmm. and then I would worry, I would sort of worry whether my daughter is going to become like this or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. kind of, you've got like a thousand mixed emotions. You're, yeah. You want to care, you want, to, but then you, even, even in the caring, you're also worrying about your own child. Yeah. Anyway, eventually I, you know, I became strong. It's mm -hmm. interesting. I mm -hmm. became more sensitized mm -hmm. and I became stronger and stronger as time went by. Mm -hmm. And yeah, while I was volunteering at one of the schools that I was volunteering in, I met someone from Men the head of MenCup and she gave me a job as a... MenCup is... is a, 
is a um, after school um, play club for children with learning disabilities. Okay. They yeah. do, and, and they've got an adult school as well, but yeah. I, I got a job as an af after school play worker mm -hmm. for children with learning disabilities. But Mencom does so many other things anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the job I got, and that really, really helped me because I started to get training. I got to know lots of children with that, with um, learning disabilities, children with autism, and I got the experience in, in working in that field. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how else could I further my experience in this area? Because I would go back home to Uganda and see parents struggling with their children with learning disabilities mm. and of course dealing with stigma. So um, I'm, I'm associated with a school in Uganda. So what I did, I decided to have- uh, What's the name of the school? It's Mother Care Preparatory School yeah, yeah, yeah. in Uganda. So I decided to have uh, a parents meeting mm -hmm. and this meeting was for the parents of um, children who have learning learning difficulties. Yeah. So I remember we had the general parents meeting, which was like a very, very big meeting. We mm -hmm. have like annual parents meetings. But mm -hmm. after that meeting, we'd chosen, we'd picked out maybe, there were nine parents, nine couples at the time. Mm -hmm. And we were to have this meeting with them. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we called the parents, you should have seen their faces. They had all these stunned faces because they did not want to be in this meeting. It's like, why are you putting yeah. me aside? Why are you calling me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you saying there's something wrong with my child? Because, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but what happened is that I kind of shared my story mm -hmm. to start with. Mm -hmm. And when I finished sharing my story about our daughter, I could see people's faces begin to lighten up people's mm -hmm. faces, you know, look calm and more receptive. And those who'd had, who had folded arms were kind of, you know, the posture started to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember at the end of the meeting, I told them, you know what, on Tuesday, mm -hmm. I'm going to be here and I'm going to try and set up individual education plans for your children. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you can make it, please do turn up. Mm-hmm. You know, the parents actually turned up on Tuesday, yeah, which yeah. was really, really great. Mm. But the amazing thing that came out of that Tuesday meeting is that it evolved into a peer support group meeting. Yeah. So parents were able to talk about their children mm -hmm. and most of them, no, in fact, not most of them, quite a few of them, all of, like, I'd say maybe 99% of them were saying that this is the first time yeah. they've actually had an opportunity to talk to anyone about their child properly, yeah. like yeah. anyone who's not so close to them. Yeah. I mean, some of them don't even talk to their siblings about their child. Mm -hmm. So this was the first time that they'd, uh, they'd, they'd talk to their child about mm. um, the, the child with learning disabilities. And I realized that there's a lot of stigma back home. Mm -hmm. As much as we've developed as a country, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stigma in mm. terms of children with learning disabilities. People do not understand it. And there are still some stories of maybe that family is cast or yeah. maybe um, they got involved in witchcraft or they did not pray enough or something <laughs> like that. There are all sorts <laughs> of stories honestly yeah. going on. Yeah. So, and people need support. Yeah. So what I've found with the parents that I have worked with and dealt with is that talking about the situation has really helped mm -hmm. and um, signposting them to the right support. Mm -hmm. And also the other thing that I found in Uganda is that people do not go for diagnosis. Yeah. So they would let a child grow until they're even, I don't know, how old 
mm. 14 and there's you can see that there's something going on but no diagnosis done yeah, yeah, yeah. so which is also a challenge because until you know what you're dealing with you know you do not know how to deal with it yeah so it's important that people um, take their children for diagnosis mm. So anyway, all these things, I was working in MenCap, I was doing the peer support groups, I was working with Tesla Trust at the m uh, then, doing um, yeah, peer support groups in England as well, working with the parents in the African and Afro-Caribbean society, mm. um, supporting them and, 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 and signposting them to the services mm -hmm. where they can get the support and the services. And I also, mm. through MenCap, I was working as a circle support facilitator yeah. which um w in, in which we were able to to work around um um the service user by yeah. providing providing um enabling enabling them through their relatives and friends their immediate circle mm -hmm. yeah their relatives and friends and maybe neighbors and mm -hmm. we, we form a circle around them mm -hmm. and then we kind of find out what their dreams are and help them to achieve them. Yeah. So when I say that, it would be like some someone could say, "Oh, I'd love to fly a plane." Yeah. But we know they're not going to be able to fly a plane. Yeah. But what can they do that is close enough to that? Yeah. What or what does flying a plane? What do, what feeling do you want to achieve when you're flying a plane? Mm. So we get them to do something that will enable them to do to fly the plane. Yeah, yeah. So maybe take a train journey. It, I mean, for one person, he really wanted to go to his old school, mm. which was somewhere in, in um, south, south, of, south of London somewhere. Mm. So we organized the whole train journey, made mm. sure that he could sort of semi-independence, as in someone was yeah. waiting for him this end, someone, yeah, yeah, was yeah. Yeah. From, someone escorted him to the train, yeah. another person waited, wait, waited for, hi for him at the other end of the yeah. train. Yeah, yeah. But then he was able to, do, to achieve that for himself yeah, because yeah. we facilitated that. Yeah, yeah. So it's just enabling someone to achieve their dream, mm -hmm. you know, and giving them that feeling that, yes, I haven't driven that plane, but yeah. I've achieved something very close. I've got yeah. a similar feeling yeah. to what, I've, what I would get yeah. if, I rode, if I rode the plane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it, it, was, it was very interesting because we helped a lot of people achieve their dreams. Yeah. And um, so that whole experience, working through MenCap, doing what I was doing in Uganda, I, I thought, how else can I develop mm my skills as, um, you know, as someone, you know, maybe working with people with learning disabilities, someone supporting parents of children with learning disabilities, I decided to go and do a master's in special education needs. Mm. Um, Wait, so how do you, mm. with all this like experience you're gaining through like mm. volunteering, working, etc., mm. how did, did you think, did you feel as though that was also helping you support Marembe? Oh yeah, definitely. Better definitely. as well. It helped me so much with the way I was communicating with Mirembe. Yeah. I actually went and did um, simple. I did sign language. Because okay. initially, I, w I had sign language was a taboo to me. In my mind, I thought that if I dared to train my daughter to learn how to speak, how to do sign language, mm. she would not learn how to communicate. <laughs> okay. Do you know what yeah. I mean? She would not yeah. learn how to speak. Yeah. Not knowing that if I empowered my child with sign language, my child who has learning disabilities with sign language, it gives her a chance to communicate, to communicate so that she's not frustrated. Even better. Exactly. Yeah. So it's better to 
sign out what you're saying mm. rather than bang things because you're trying to communicate and you don't have or a limit word. Or communication exactly. to just speaking. Exactly, or to like, just speaking. Yeah. Even. Because at the time, the, the t- at the time I, I went for sign language lessons, Mirembe was barely speaking. Mirembe was probably saying one word. And yeah. It's interesting when Mirembe gets a word, she'll be really, really good at it. And yeah. you'd think that she knows more than that word. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, then yeah. at that time, anyway, she'd be very confident at saying good morning, goodbye, you know. Yeah. Like, but then she, that's all she knows. She knows yeah. like four words, and yeah. that's all she knows. Yeah. But then w- you would think that she knows more because of the way she would say those words. But then mm. that's all. Mm. She literally had four words four or five words mm-hmm. so i decided to do to train her in sign language and we liaised with the school the school was quite good that she was working in at the time because mm-hmm. they got all the teachers to be trained yeah, on yeah. the same course that had gone on yeah and we were all communicating with Mirembe in the same way yeah and the fact that she had like the sign language it really really helped yeah she was less agitated because she could communicate in yeah. She had a way of communicating. Yeah. So I really advocate for sign language. Yeah. If, if there are any paranoid parents out there, trust yeah. me, it's really, really good. Yeah. It gives your ch- your child a chance to be able to tell you what they want, what's on their mind, mm. rather than you know being frustrated because they are trying to communicate to you and they can't. Yeah. So don't don't worry about sign language. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I did sign language and all the things I did. Mencap was very, very helpful for me yeah. because the training that you know i learned how to be patient Mm. with my child i learned how to appreciate the little development in my child Mm. you know i remember one time you came back home actually tender (laughs) and um you came back home i remember was so excited you came back from uni remember was so (laughs) excited and she said mommy mommy tendo is here <laughs> and that was the first time she said a four word sentence mm-hmm. and that was a huge celebration and when i say that was a huge celebration it's like she said that four word sentence mm-hmm. but that was it for a very long time she never yeah, said yeah. any other four word sentences yeah, yeah, so yeah, do you yeah, see yeah. what i mean so you might think oh now we've broke oh yeah we've said a four word sentence mm. and now we're going to be saying loads of four word sentences yeah, no yeah. that became the four word sentence for a very very long time yeah so it's just learning how to celebrate the little things in your child yeah. and appreciating your child for who she is. Mm. I remember oh, one is. time for who, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is. <laughs> who, exactly, who or she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember one time going into TK Maxx mm. and I saw this young child. She was about two. Honestly, she was two. And at that time, remember, would have been about five. Yeah or even six. Yeah. And this two-year-old was talking to their mom and they were discussing what shoes they should choose. Yeah. And almost, you know when you, you're happy, but you almost want to cry, mm. but you, it's kind of, I wouldn't call it jealousy, but it's kind of like you're wishing your child could do that, but yeah. they can't. Yeah. But then I thought, you know what, Lord, my time will come. Yeah. One day I'll go to a to a shop with Mirembe, mm. and she will choose. Yeah. And you know, last year when Mirembe was seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. seven, mm-hmm. she actually made a choice. Yeah. Now she's choose. She can tell you she likes this dress or she doesn't like this dress. Mm. It's not constant, but at least we ha- we are making choices. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thank God for that. Yeah, yeah You yeah, know, yeah. so I thank God for that. Pro- I learned how to 
appreciate my daughter for who she is yeah appreciate her for who she is thank god for you know the developments in her life and not to always compare her to her cousins mm. or miremba's journey is her journey yeah definitely. do you see what i mean my daughter's journey is her journey so i'm not going to compare her to so to everyone and all those things i kind of learned through the different places that I've been working in yeah. and the different people I've been meeting and being exposed to. Mm. And um, like I was trying to say, I decided to go and further my knowledge in this area by doing a master's in special education needs. Mm -hmm. So I was offered a place at um, East London University mm -hmm. um, about two years ago. I started the master's mm -hmm. and by the grace of God, I finished the course in... January this year. Obviously, at the point of recording uh, Corona, etc. Exactly. So I would have been, yeah, I would have been graduating in, in July. In fact, yeah. July 15th, but that's not going to happen. God's timing is perfect timing. Yeah, I will yeah, graduate yeah. and I thank God. But yeah. I, I just thank God for the experience as well that I got mm. through that master's. I did my, um, my research, um, my, mm. my thesis on... Um, the edu education of children, the pa parents' perception on educating children with autism mm -hmm. in Uganda. Yeah, and that was the, the title. The yes, that was the title, and it exposed me to quite a lot of parents mm -hmm. of children with autism mm -hmm. and their experiences, and I got to hear their what what, what they're saying, you mm -hmm. know, about their children and the whole situation and the policies yeah. and yeah. Um, and practices in Uganda, and it was really enlightening mm -hmm. and I would like to use um, that research to be able to make a difference in in what's happening in Uganda but of course at the moment um, things are kind of where they are yeah. because of the COVID situation yeah. but my, uh, my other dream as well is to uh, maybe here in England to get into uh, maybe NHS or mm. council working with um, education, care, um, education, care, health and care plans, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, help supporting parents and yeah. children with learning disabilities with their education, health and care plans, yeah. or maybe in one way or another advocating for parents and children mm. um, with learning disabilities. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's my dream. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, that's amazing. Mm. That is, yeah, it's, it's been really good to like hear you share more about like the ins and outs of like that whole journey of like just learning how to look after someone with learning disabilities yes. and like how that has kind of pushed you on to mm. want to become like more qualified in like how you can help other people as well yeah um yeah i think that's really cool like so uganda is mm. that's is that like where you want to make like the most change yes i feel that uganda compared to here yeah. Um, there's a lot of lack of awareness in terms of the area of um, learning disabilities. Yeah. And interestingly enough, lots of people have started doing work in this area in Uganda, which is really good. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think there's still room yeah. for, or for help, like for help and areas where one can be can make a difference mm -hmm. and I know that the people I've been like supporting 
have been able to make a di- have been able to make a difference in their lives mm-hmm. and i'd like to be able to be used by god to continue doing that yeah so that's that's a really big dream for me because i feel like i can use the experience that i have here mm-hmm. and everything that i'm learning here yeah, to yeah. be able to make a difference back home yeah. so i don't think that i am in these two countries yeah. without reason like yeah, just yeah, yeah. out of the blue i yeah. feel like the fact that god has blessed me and exposed me to i think being in this country has enabled me to see what good looks like yeah and because yeah. i know what good looks like i'd like to be able to coach and train other people to be able to do the same thing back home back home yeah that's amazing mm. well thank you for coming to the dining room. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll go sit in my room now. <laughs> oh, that's been good. Yeah. That is a that's a wrap. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah cool. That's it, that's it. <laughs> it was not.